I will read the scripture within my sermon today. But let me start this way. Of course, all four Gospels tell the same story. It's the main story. Each Gospel writer tells it a little differently, though. But the gist is the same in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus is crucified, and after the Sabbath, on the first day of the week, three days later, after Jesus is killed, it is the women who go to the tomb to anoint his body. John has Mary Magdalene going alone. The other three storytellers have at least one other woman with her. Matthew throws in an earthquake, you know, just for good measure, because when things are rough, why not have an earthquake to boot? They all tell that the stone was already rolled away when the women got there. They all tell that there was another presence there. Matthew and Mark have one angel there, and Luke and John have two. Matthew and Mark both make a point to say, don't be afraid. Matthew, Mark, and Luke have the angels tell the women, he is risen. But in John's telling, Mary Magdalene immediately runs to get other disciples before even being told to do so. And as they return with her to check out the empty tomb and they run inside, she meets the risen Lord outside. She doesn't know it, though. She, supposed, she supposes that it's the gardener, but it's when he calls her name Mary. She recognizes it is the risen Lord. All of the accounts have way less than 10 people gathered at the scene. So in many ways, this Easter is the most Eastery of all. Usually, this is our largest attendance Sunday of the year. It's the same in most churches. People go all out for Easter. If you are alone and watching this, or in the company of a few in your household, or like us gathered here, all seven of us spread out across this room, well, this is really more accurate to the first Easter occasion than the crowds to which we are accustomed. Welcome to Easter, like it was from the very first one. Three of the stories include the women going to tell someone else. The other disciples needed to know this information. But it's Mark's gospel telling that seems the most appropriate for an Easter in the middle of a pandemic. Mark is the first gospel written. Even though Matthew comes first in order, Mark is actually the oldest gospel writing that we have. It's shorter, more to the point. Matthew and Luke build on Mark's story, and then John takes it all and spiritualizes and theologizes about it. And so when we tell the story, we have a tendency to put the story together in bits and pieces from one gospel here and one gospel there, and we don't know who said what, when, or where. We just kind of know the story and we tell it. But Mark, the very first person to write about this, tells the story this way. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. 
And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? And when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. I like that word. I think we can say scared. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He's not here. Look, this is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out. The women went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. You've heard the ancient story. Let us listen now for the word of the Lord. In its original form, in the first gospel written, this is how the resurrection story ends. They fled from the tomb because they were afraid, even though they had been told, fear not, and they said nothing to anyone. End of story. Mark's resurrection account fits a global pandemic, doesn't it? I mean, who are we going to tell anyway? We're isolated in our homes, at least six feet apart outside of our homes, masked and gloved if you're smart when you're out and about. It's easy to feel afraid these days, afraid of getting sick, afraid of getting someone else sick, afraid of job insecurity, afraid someone we love will die alone, whether from COVID-19 or just something else. I think dying alone would be so hard, especially on loved ones who want to be there. People are afraid that they may drown in their loneliness and anxiety. People are afraid of not having enough. Disappointments pile up, they accumulate, and the load gets heavy. They said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Some folks know a little of what it feels like, a little of what it felt like that first Easter. The women were doing what you do when someone dies. You show up, you grieve, you tend. Their biggest worry was how they were going to get that big stone rolled away from the entrance of the tomb. And when they arrived, it seemed their toughest obstacle had been taken care of already. They knew how to tend a dead body with dignity and love and integrity. They didn't know what to do when the body was not there. Nothing like this had ever happened before. They were so unprepared and they were afraid. What did this mean? What were they supposed to do now? They said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. Didn't I tell you Mark's account 
was the resurrection story for a global pandemic. This has never happened before. We were so unprepared. We are so afraid. But here's what we know. We know that they did not stay afraid forever. We know that they did indeed tell someone or we wouldn't be celebrating Easter 2,000 plus years later. If the women had found the tomb empty and told no one, the story would have died with them. And clearly the story didn't die. The story lived in ways that boggle the mind when you really think about it. But it seems this Easter, it's particularly important to pause for just a minute and acknowledge how paralyzing fear can be. How paralyzing isolation can be. How paralyzing quarantine can be. It's tempting to let fear rule the day. It's tempting to give up. It's tempting to sink, to sink into deep and dark places of nervousness and unease. They said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. But somehow, some way, the women eventually could not contain themselves. With such an abrupt ending, Sometime after the original ending was left like that, maybe even centuries later, what was left dangling out there in Mark's gospel with fear and dread, another writer just couldn't handle it and added on a little snippet that the risen Lord had indeed appeared to Mary Magdalene. And she went and told the others that indeed he was alive. But the ending says, but nobody believed it classic. But in ways that Mark's rendering does not give details, what we know is that the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ could not, cannot be silenced or hidden or muzzled or contained. Not even by our own fears. Resurrection is good news. That life comes after death that life can come after isolation, that life can come after quarantine, that life can come after confinement. That's not to say that there will be no pain and agony and sadness and grief. There will be for many. But Easter teaches us to say, He is risen indeed, Alleluia. Even when what we are feeling like saying sounds more like, well, saying nothing to anyone because we're afraid. At some point, the women had to tell it. My guess is it was because they experienced the risen Christ somewhere along the way. A presence that sustained them, a grace that engulfed them, a warmth that surrounded them, a peace that overwhelmed them. That is my Easter prayer for all of us, that we would experience that presence of the risen Christ, 
that grace of the risen Christ, that warmth of the risen Christ, that peace of the risen Christ. Because when you experience that, even in your fear, you proclaim Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And every time you are able to tell that story, you will recognize that the story will not die with us either. It didn't die with those women because they could not contain themselves. My hope and prayer this Easter is that we will not be able to contain ourselves either. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. May it be so. Amen.